Big time win as the Houston Rockets in their home losing streak and collect the dub against the Cleveland Cavaliers. 115-104. So many great storylines from this game to break down. Kevin Porter Jr. versus his former team. Jalen Green had a really strong game in this one. Christian Wood and Alperin Shingun sharing the floor together. The double big lineup is back. We're going to break it all down for you right here at Locked on Rock. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and also host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. And man, what a game here for the Houston Rockets against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Worth noting. Cavaliers didn't have Darius Garland out there, but so they were, you know, not, you know, anything far from whole, but this was such a great game and such a big time win for this Houston Rockets team. And it was the way that they won the response that they had in that final two and a half minutes after the Cavaliers cut this game to just a three point lead to have the composure to close this thing out is exactly the type of growth that you want to see out of this young Rockets team. And man, they did such a miraculous job of closing this thing out. I want to focus on that here in just a moment, but the storylines from this game are incredible. Jalen Green had a really, really strong night. Scores for 20-plus, first time doing that since early January. Kevin Porter Jr. versus his former team, the team that cast him away, right? It's going to be great, or it was great, I should say, to see KPJ have so much success against his former team, first time playing against them, first time seeing some of these teammates in a long, long time. The response from him was incredible. Going to talk about that in segment two. And then segment three, talk a little bit about the double big lineup making another appearance. Christian Wood and Alper and Shingun sharing the floor in this game. Christian Wood and Alp, you know, after Steven Silas's comments recently about not feeling comfortable playing those two guys together, they were able to share the floor in this game and things look really, really good. Alper and Shingun at points going toe to toe with Evan Mobley and it looked really, really great. So we're going to talk about all that, but I want to start with just the final sequence of this game and how impressive that response was by the Houston Rockets. So Evan Mobley gets an and one bucket and cuts the game to just a one possession lead for the Houston Rockets, 105-102. And then the response by this team was nothing short of incredible and exactly what you want to see out of a young team trying to find their way and learn how to navigate in close games like this. And the best part was, Everybody kind of took in, took part in this, like, you know, push to seal out the game. And they didn't heavily rely on Eric Gordon for what feels like the first time in a long time, right? Usually EG is the guy that, you know, the Rockets are going to put the ball in his hands and, so, you know, he's going to steer the offense. He's going to make, you know, come up with the clutch bucket at the end of the game, what have you. And he's done that a lot this season for this young Rockets team. Instead, it was everybody else that made a play or made a defensive stop or got a bucket down the stretch of this one. And that was great to see, seeing everybody else step up in the right moment, the right time. So Evan Mobley cuts the lead to three for the Rockets. 
and they had a 10-0 a 10-0 run response to that moment where it was 105-102 and it goes like this Christian Wood gets the ball makes a little shot put right and Christian Wood maybe took it a little bit personally the fact that you know Evan Mobley got got the score on him down low maybe you know did, wanted to wanted to get that bucket back so see Wood comes down gets a little shot put in the paint comes back down on the other end and they run a you know they get Evan Mobley down in the post Christian Wood is fronting him. Jay Sean Tate rotates over, and Jay Sean Tate rips Evan Mobley clean, steals the basketball straight out of his hands. Come back down on the other end. They run a little two-man game. Christian Wood, Eric Gordon. Christian Wood gets the ball out on the perimeter with Jarrett Allen, kind of dances a little bit, and then, bam, drains the three right in Jarrett Allen's face. And this is this was great to see because we haven't exactly seen Christian Wood be super clutch, you know, in these clutch, you know, moments late in games. So seeing him score five straight points to help seal this one out was great. And then not only that, but then on the following possession, Christian Wood comes up big on the defensive end. Cavaliers have to inbound the ball. They're trying to get it down low to Evan Mobley again. Got Jared Allen at the top of the key, and he's trying to get it tossed into Evan Mobley. Christian Wood sags off of him and gets the steal, just completely plucks the ball right out of the air. Rockets start walking it up at this point. They've got a slightly more comfortable lead. They're up by eight right now. And they walk the ball up. Christian Wood passes over to KPJ. KPJ is just kind of walking in, looking like he's getting ready to set up the offense. He has a mismatch on him, and he just drills the three. Kevin Love was, you know, sagged too far off of him. Drills the three right in front of Kevin Love's face. And that three had to have felt incredible for KPJ. The dagger three to end this game. And then not only that, because that would that would have been that would have been a perfect like cherry on top of this game, but the Rockets put an exclamation point on this game. Following possession, Jay Sean Tate gets another steal on Chetty Osman, and then in transition kicks it ahead to Jalen Green, and Jalen Green tosses the ball up and gets a beautiful lob pass to Kevin Porter Jr. for the exclamation point on this game a 10-0 run a beautiful run by this houston rockets team to pull out this game and it was so hype toyota center was rocket the players were loving it it was a great great way to seal out this win a win that had to feel incredible for kevin porter jr we're going to run some of the some of his post game clips back in segment two but i want to focus here for the rest of segment one on jalen green and just the response that he had in this game how good he looked and I think a big it comes down to a couple different things. So one, right, there's been, you know, the concerns, the criticism on Jalen Green, all that stuff. I think for one thing, one of those like, you know, intangibles, the, you know, the it factor that Jalen Green had during the draft process is he does get up for big games, right? He and maybe it's a thing where he's able to psych himself up a little bit more. You know, the team as a whole gets up for these big games, but we saw it against Cade Cunningham and the Pistons. We see it in this game against Evan Mobley and the Cavaliers. And I asked Jalen Green, you know, post game, like, is there something special about going up against guys like that, like other guys, other top rookies? In the class, he said, absolutely, right? You know, it's, we're all top rookies. We're all trying to prove ourselves. And so, yeah, it's it's special being able to go against them, you know, head-to-head. And it's exactly what happened to this game for Jalen Green. Posted 21 points on 6 of 13 shooting, 3 of 7 from behind the three-point line, 6 of 7 at the charity stripe, had 5 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a block. Just an all-around solid stat line for Jalen Green. And it really did feel like he was aggressive. He was fighting to get to the rim. There were a lot of moments in this game where he would get like a kick-ahead pass from... 
KPJ or somebody else on the team, and he'd be able to attack the Cavs defense before it was set. And I think those opportunities are huge for him to be able to utilize and leverage his speed in transition to get to the rim, to get to the free throw line, to have those easy opportunities. And then not only that, even at times in the half court, it felt like they did, the Rockets did, uh, maybe, maybe it was intentional, maybe it wasn't, but to have Jalen Green kind of operating in the you know out of the corner with nobody else in you know occupying that corner so there's not a help defender ready to cut off a baseline drive and there were a few plays this game where Jalen Green's able to use his speed and drive baseline and either finish at the rim or go all the way baseline and then was able to whip the pass across to the opposite corner and get the defense rotating that way and I like seeing those opportunities I've I've harped on this a little bit before that the Rockets don't usually operate that way when they're running a five-out offense. Usually there's a guy in that strong side corner, and that therefore that means there's a help defender there. Now, normally for an NBA defense, you don't help off of the strong side quarter. That's a big like NBA defense no-no. But it, it does kind of clog things up a little bit to where Jalen has to be more direct with his drives, where he's got to either drive, you know, towards the middle, towards the paint, or if he's gonna drive, you know, kind of towards that baseline angle, he doesn't have as much room to work with on that left or right hand side, depending on where that, you know, strong side corner defender is. So just a couple observations there on Jalen Green. And lastly, here, Jalen Green talks about defense a lot. And I think that that's one of the things that if you are hesitant or, you know, or a little bit concerned about what he's going to look like down the line. If you're sitting here saying, Oh, Jalen's a bust, right? If you're hitting the panic button, I think one of the work ethic things that should stand out and should shine for Jalen green is that he constantly talks about wanting to be a good defender and constantly talks about using that side of the basketball to get him going. He spoke about that post game saying that using his defense to kind of get himself going is something that he tries to do. And I think that, very legitimately, Jalen Green has made strides as a defender at the NBA level. We don't see him getting absolutely murdered on screens anymore. We don't see him, you know, you know, there are still times where there's some miscommunications about who's switching where and, you know, what, what rotations are happening. And that's to be expected. But as far as like the actual defensive effort and the consistency there, there were even points in this game with the Cavaliers and their you know, jumbo, supersized, anti-small ball lineup where Jalen Green would get switched onto an opposing big, Jarrett Allen or, or Kevin Love or Mobley, and, and have to actually hold his own against a player much bigger than he is. And he did a decent job on some of those switches. Didn't give up any, you know, crazy easy buckets right at the rim. And so that's got to be something that you've got to be really excited about moving forward is that Jalen Green has made it a point to try and hang his hat Def, uh, you know, on his defense and say, no, I want to be a good defender. He brings it up constantly unprompted at times wanting to be a good defender. And that's a great sign for Jalen green and for this Rockets team moving forward. So coming up, I do want to talk about Jay or not. Jay, I just finished talking about Jalen green. I want to talk about KPJ and what this game meant for him, what we saw out of him in this game, how he handled himself playing against his former team's thoughts from Steven Silas and more. And we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at bet online, because look, Bet Online has covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in just a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. The NBA trade deadline, Thursday, February 10th, 3 p.m. Eastern time. And Locked on NBA is going to be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked on Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to the Locked on NBA YouTube channel and turn on your notifications so that you know when they go live. And hey, if the Rockets make a deadline move, you know I'm going to be there to break it down. So don't want to miss out on that. Be sure to check out the deadline show. It's always a ton of fun. I helped host it last year, not hosting it this year tier, but uh, it'll be great. Those three, the, you know, Kim, John and Josh are incredible. You're going to enjoy the show. Let's talk a little KPJ because this game, understandably. So even going into this game, Steven Silas, you know, kind of had an expectation that this might be uh, a bit difficult for KPJ kind of, as far as just the, narrative kind of coming into this, it being his former team, you know, what was his mentality going to be like? And honestly, KPJ carried himself so well in this game. I was so impressed with the mentality that he showed coming into this game. And honestly, so was Steven Silas. About Kevin Porter Jr.'s composure tonight, what was understandably probably an emotionally charged game playing against his former team. Yeah. Yeah, you saw his first shot. It went, <laughs> it was a three. It went in and went off the glass, but it went in. Um, but yeah, he showed a ton of compo- composure and like what we were talking about prior to the game, as far as him being too hyped up for the game, I didn't see that. I saw him play, play a composed game and I saw him play a game um, like a solid point guard game where he was making plays for himself and getting downhill. Uh, taking advantage of his size at times, but also making plays for his teammates. He ended up with seven assists and two turnovers. So that's that's really good. And then as he has been doing, those dagger threes down the stretch are, are always good for our group as well. The dagger threes are incredible. It's becoming the norm with KPJ that he is just rising to those big time moments, those clutch moments, being the, you know, the guy for the team down the stretch when he needs to be. And so that was, you know, incredible to see out of this, out of this Rockets team. And, and largely, you know, KPJ had a, you know, kind of a a quiet start to his night, at least offensively, because he didn't attempt a, he didn't attempt his second shot until like halfway through the second quarter. He wound up finishing the game with 16 points, seven assists, Six of 11 shooting, three of five from the three-point line. Just went one of four at the free throw line. You'd like to see that number be a little bit better moving forward for KPJ. He did also have a rebound and a steal. But, you know, I was curious what KPJ's mentality was kind of coming into this game. So I asked him about it post-game. Take your second shot of the game to like halfway through the second quarter. You seem really kind of calm, cool, collected, despite what was probably, you know, maybe an emotional night going up against your former team. Was that just a mindset you came into the game with thinking, I'm going to come out and just try and facilitate for my guys first and foremost? Nah, uh, my mindset before tip-off was to try to break James Harden's record and drop 60-something on him. <laughs> but um, as the tip-off, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing all of them. I haven't seen them, some guys since uh, the trade. So, like, there's so many emotions going through, like, I'm just like, man, like, this is crazy. I'm playing against y'all now. And uh, I kind of was psyching myself out, just trying, uh, having old conversations with him on the side and uh, kind of got me out of my killer mindset. But yeah, it was tougher than I thought uh, it was going to be mentally, uh, just staying locked in. I kind of, the first quarter, like you said, uh, after that first 
three, I start uh, chatting with DG. Uh, we're just chatting it up, talking, um, and I psyched myself out the game. But um, yeah, I, that sub kind of brought me back to life. Yeah, so uh, both Silas and KPJ talking about that first three, it was kind of funny, the the, the backboard. You could tell that there was a little bit of, you know, anxiety there, just, you know, a little, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know, that he was just kind of amped up, right, for the game. And understandably so, with everything going on between, you know, his history with the Cavaliers organization, with his former teammates, all of that. And ultimately, I don't think anybody would have blamed KPJ if he had walked out and started, you know, try to take like, you know, 10 shots in the first quarter and try to dominate this game. And like he said, he wanted to have that mentality coming in to drop 60 and break James Harden's record, like all of that, right? Nobody would have blamed him for that, for wanting to get up big against his former team. But instead, you know, he he realized that he had kind of psyched himself out a little bit, but instead of like responding and coming back into the second quarter and trying to do too much and trying to take over the game and make it a, you know, a me against you, like, you know, one against five type thing, he just played his game, right? He stayed composed. He stuck to the game plan. He orchestrated the team. He ran things. He, you know, he played his, he did his job as the point guard and as one of the leaders of this team, right? Everybody on this team knew how important this win was for KPJ. And despite that, and even then, again, nope, nobody would have been upset at him for trying to take things over or trying to, you know, get his against his former team. But no, he didn't do that. He played the, a solid brand of basketball. He did his job. He played good defense. He worked on getting guys in the right spots. And I think you this this is a big like learning moment for KPJ. And this is one of those moments where we've seen a lot of these this season, right? Where we, we've seen the growth and the steady improvement of Kevin Porter Jr. as the point guard for the Houston Rockets this season. And this is a big one for him, right? The just all the you know, the narrative surrounding this game, all of that. This could have easily gone, you know, uh, gone south very quickly, right? KPJ could have had a disastrous performance. We're talking, you know, he could have gone, you know, two for fifteen or something, and, and you know, tried to, you know, drop in a bunch of threes or try to do too much and you know, rack up five, six, seven turnovers. We didn't see that. We saw him respond and handle himself in an incredibly mature way throughout this game. And it even came to a point where Steven Silas was, you know, highlighting the fact that it's, it's that steadiness that KPJ is starting to bring to the table that is really starting to shine in these games. One point I called a play and he came over. He was like, well, what if I put Garrison in that spot? And I was like, Hey, yeah, do it. And, and he did it. And the play worked out. And I was like, that's, that's smart. That's, that's good basketball. So He's growing and learning, and um, yeah, that steadiness is is uh, and consistency is important because it leads to steadiness and consistency in your team when your point guard is like that. Absolutely, no argument there. It, having that steadiness and consistency out of the point guard position does help the rest of the team. This team looks like a better team when KPJ is having a quality night, which as of late, there have been a lot of quality nights for KPJ, right? And, and seeing this team and what they're able to do when he's on the floor versus when he's off the floor, it's like a night and day difference now. This team heavily relies on KPJ's leadership, his facilitating the ability that he has to score the basketball at times in, you know, when, when needed or in those clutch, you know, those crunch time situations, all of that. And so I followed up with KPJ on the specific play call that Steven Silas highlighted just there. 
highlighted earlier the fact that you came up to him at one point in the game and you said, you know, suggested moving Garrison Matthews to a different spot, uh, you know, for a possession or a specific play. Is that something you're starting to get more comfortable with and kind of you know, working in tandem with Coach Silas, you know, as far as play design and kind of what you're seeing, you know, out there on the court and kind of reporting back to him on stuff like that? Um, definitely. Like, that's a uh, part of my growth. Uh, I got to be able to you know, when coach, when the game game moves fast. So like sometimes I won't be able to look at him and uh, he give me a play to call or give him that eye contact. He say go and think like sometimes that's not uh, available. So I got to know who I got out there and know my guys and know their spots and uh, try to pick apart the defense as best I can. And uh, I know a play he's talking about. It was a 77. It was a regular 77. And I put a G um, at the first screener. Um, and she would, after the 77, she would set him a screen to come off that flare. And then uh, I gave it to him. I set another screen, and then he got the and one three. So that was a dope uh, momentum play to have, for sure. It's those moments, those learning moments for KPJ, and, and hearing that he is – you know, growing, not just again, not just on the court, but, you know, as far as learning and figuring out the spots where he can put guys to be successful, he really is molding into a really, really good point guard for this Houston Rockets team. And I couldn't be more excited about what his future looks like for this team moving forward. The backcourt of the future for the Houston Rockets looks really, really bright right now with that. That's going to do it talking to KPJ. I do want to talk about Christian Wood, Alper, and Shingu with the double big lineup and some final thoughts from this game. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com because look, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Best of all, rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are always reliably low for every single customer. They don't charge DIY customers more than you know a chain shop or anything. It, it doesn't work out like that, right? They, the prices are always going to be reliably low. They have everything that you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even brand new carpet. So go explore their easy to use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And this is the really important part, right? Be sure to write locked on in there. How'd you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And a final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, appreciate you making Locked on Rockets your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. Now, I will say that uh, just to kind of put a bow on the uh, KPJ you know, dynamic, I, I did ask Steven Silas about what – uh, KPJ, what you know, how KPJ has helped him grow as a coach specifically. And Steven Silas gave a really beautiful, insightful answer. And I shared that uh, pregame on my Twitter feed uh, before Rockets Cavs tipped off. So if you're interested in that answer, I thought Steven, I thought it was a great answer from Steven Silas and it, you know, did a good job illuminating kind of what that dynamic is like, what their relationship is like, and how he views Kevin Porter Jr. So definitely worth checking that out. But I want to talk about, you know, the double big lineup making another appearance and just how good uh, it did look in stretches in this game and how good Alper and Shingun looked in conjunction with Christian Wood in this game. Now, this was, you know, right recently we had Steven Silas say that he didn't quite feel comfortable with, you know, Christian Wood and Alper and Shingun sharing the floor. And I will note that this was, you know, those comments were made 
right after LP came back from injury and he didn't look, you know, quite a hundred percent or, you know, wasn't playing some of the best basketball that we had seen out of him right after that ankle injury. So, you know, maybe that had something to do with it, but I followed up with Steven Silas on his thoughts on the double big lineup after this game. Recently that you didn't quite feel comfortable with Christian Wood and Al Richardson being on the floor at the same time, but yeah. we saw that duo out there tonight and Al P finished a team high plus 20 yeah. minutes that he did play. What did you see out of that pairing? Yeah. I mean, it, it was helped a little bit by their size when, when they're playing bigger. Um, but I, I'm going to just probably try it some more and, and hopefully I can get both guys, especially Alpi get more, get Alpi more minutes, but also not have Seawood kind of, tethered to to alpi so um yeah they they played well off each other uh we either had one at the top of the floor and one if one was at the top of the floor the other one was at the bottom of the floor which gives us better spacing um and it seemed like our offense was moving pre pretty good and our defense i gotta check but um you know you would think that our rebounding would be better when when those two guys are on the floor and i'm not sure if it was or not but looked like it worked tonight and um, hopefully I'll be able to do it some more because, like I said, I want to give both guys more opportunity. Yeah, depending on what happens, you know, with Christian Wood and his future, you know, with this Rockets organization, if he's moved at the deadline or not. I mean, if he's not moved at the deadline, then hopefully this is a trend that can continue with those two guys sharing the floor, because then that means more minutes for Alper and Shingun moving forward. And offensively, I don't think there's, I really don't think there's questions about what that fit looks like. I think they are able to play off of each other really well offensively, especially understanding, you know, Christian Wood understands and has remarked on this before that he understands just how good Alpi's passing is and being able to play off of him as the facilitator when he's on the floor kind of opens things up for everybody on the floor. And if Christian understands that dynamic and what that means for him, you know, his ability to play off of Alpi, then I do think that offensively that duo can shine. Biggest question mark is going to be defensively, but in this game, LP held his own against Jared Allen, against Evan Mobley, against Kevin Love, a couple possessions. I mean, you know, you look across the aisle and yeah, Evan Mobley had a pretty big night, but Evan Mobley also did a lot of his damage, you know, unfortunately on Christian Wood and Christian Wood even mentioned post game that he wasn't happy with the post defense that he was playing in this game and that he needs to be better and he can be better. And, you know, that's an expectation that you have to have of him moving forward, but in possessions that, you know, LP was checking Evan Mobley or LP had to, you know, go, you know, you know, create a wall against Jared Allen. He held his own and he looked good going toe to toe with some of those bigger, you know, those bigger guys out there on the floor. Evan Mobley finished with 29 points and 12 boards on 12 of 20 shooting. But again, a lot of that damage was done against Christian Wood specifically. So I do think that there's some hope that defensively with that double big lineup, if LP can check some of those bigger bodied centers and Christian Wood can utilize his strengths as a switch defender and somebody that can be light on his feet out on the perimeter against some quicker, faster players, then I think you can, you know, conceivably see how that duo can actually flourish moving forward. And Christian Wood is as hyped about, you know, the double big lineup as the rest of us are, honestly. Love it. Actually, coach told me um, today at shoot around that if me and Alpi can find a way to play together, um, you know, I can, I can play more minutes. So, 
my 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 motive is I, I have to make it work, uh, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I definitely want to want to be on the floor, you know, the whole game, and I definitely want the fans and you guys to see, you know, how much potential Alpi has, and I've, I've I've been harping on it, you know, all season about how much minutes uh, or more minutes he should be getting, just because his talent level, and I, I I do believe, you know, his passing ability, we can play off of each other. What's your assessment of how that pairing went in tonight's game? I feel like it went great tonight. Um, I think we were down. Um, during the game, then he subbed both of us in and we had the lead. So I think it worked out pretty well for us. It did work out pretty well. I mean, they walked away with the dub. And again, Alpi finished with a team high plus 20, his stat line for the evening. Uh, he had nine points on just two of four shooting, but he was getting to the free throw line at a really solid rate. Went there six times, hit five of them. Also had eight rebounds, three assists, had a block. I mean, Alpi was getting it done on both ends. He did have four turnovers in this game. And I think that's just... It's kind of one of those things that you just sort of live with, with a guy that is as versatile and creative out there as Al P is, because you're going to do like, there's going to be some moments where he's, you know, trying to do a little bit too much. Like he, you know, got the rebound on one possession and was trying to, you know, run point in transition and, and turn the ball over there. And so there's going to be those moments where, you know, Al P kind of bobbles it or, you know, going up against Kevin Love, like in the post. Um, Kevin loves seeing all these, you know, this bag of tricks a million times over. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of recognizing and learning those things and not, you know, trying to pick his spots a little bit better, but he had some couple, you know, a couple standout, you know, passes in this one. He had, he had a bounce pass in traffic to KJ Martin, like behind the back in the lane with like, I don't know, four defenders around them. And, you know, it landed there. KJ Martin didn't convert, but, um, it got it got a, it elicited a gigantic whoa from all of Toyota Center, and I mean it's it, that's just the kind of player that he is. Is he you get at least a couple of those highlights like almost every single game that he plays, and you know I think that he's he's not somebody that you shoehorn into a box, right? He can do a lot of different things offensively, and I think that one there was one play where somebody drove the ball in. I can't remember who. Maybe I think it, maybe it was Josh Christopher drove the ball in. And Al P was stationed in the corner, you know, the left corner of the three-point line. And KJ Martin was in the right corner. And Al P flashed towards the middle as, I think it was Josh Christopher driving in. It may, may have been Eric Gordon. I'm not 100% sure who the driver was. But somebody drove in. Al P flashed into the middle and got the dump-off pass from the driver. And instead of, like, trying to, like, power up and, like, go up to the rim and, like, score himself, he, you know, flipped the pass back out again to the perimeter. And KJ Martin got a wide-open three. And it's, like, those types of reads and moves that Alper and Shingun has that just makes the Rockets offense flow so beautifully when he's out there on the floor. And I do think that his teammates did a slightly better job in this game than they have uh, recently of moving well without, you know, when they, when he has the basketball like on the block and kind of utilizing his gravity as a playmaker and a passer to their success in this game. So really excited for the potential future feature duo of Alpi and Christian would at least sporadically throughout some of these games coming up so that we can see Alpi get more minutes. He finished with 25 minutes in this one, which was nice to see rather than his usual, like, you know, 16 to 18 minutes that he's usually stuck to being tethered behind Christian Wood. Now, a uh, couple, you know, a couple final thoughts on this one. Uh, KJ Martin Jr. continues to prove that he is just like the perfect, like, Super high energy role player guy off the bench, finished with 10 points on three of five shooting. Need to see him work on that three ball, though. Like that three ball is going to be what separates him from being just okay. He's just a high energy, you know, you know, guy off the bench that you plug in to, you know, inject a little bit of life in the team versus a guy who could, you know, conceivably carve out a position as a true three and D type player in this league. So need to see that three ball eventually come around for KJ Martin and then Garrison Matthews. 
I mean, Gary Bird continues to do Gary Bird things. He had 16 points on five of 13 shooting, not hesitant whatsoever. Those are like starters field goal numbers. And he got them off the bench in 24 minutes. It was three of 10 from the three-point line, three of four at the charity stripe. He had five boards, had an assist, had a couple steals, had a block. He had that one steal where he tipped the ball away and got out for the fast break slam. And I was like, fly, bird, fly. It's always great to see that happen. Um, but Garrison Matthews, just he hustles. He makes things happen on both sides of the basketball. Even though he's not necessarily like a lockdown, like one-on-one defender, he just works so hard on that end that, you know, he, he comes up with the hustle plays, right? The 50-50 balls, um, all that stuff. And then offensively, having somebody that spaces the floor the way that he does is such a luxury for this Rockets offense because he consistently pulls from like 25 feet and further, you know, and without hesitation. So having that level of spacing and having somebody that has to be checked that far out past the three point line really opens things up for the rest of this Rockets team. And it it gives him some really easy opportunities as well to score off the bench. And that scoring punch is always really, really nice to have off of that Rockets uh, secondary unit. So with that, uh, kind of a quiet night for Josh Christopher though, in this one, um, just 12 minutes scored his five points. He had a three, he had a really impressive drive that he finished kind of hung in the air. Uh, I believe that was a, a cut from LP where LP hit him with the pass and Josh rose up and kind of hung in front of a defender and was able to finish over the top. Uh, so, you know, quiet night for Josh Christopher, but you know, he remains solid and that's exactly what you want to see out of him in that reserve role. So with that, those are final thoughts on this game as always. Appreciate you checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, brand new Aussie app, free and available on all platforms. Also check out the new Locked on Rockets YouTube channel. Search Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. What was your favorite part of this game? Your favorite storyline from this game? Was it Jalen Green breaking out of his slump? Was it KPJ against the Cavs? Was it the double big lineup with Christian Wood and Evan Mobley? Let me know in the comments. I'm interested to see what you guys like out of this game. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.